0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. This is the podcast which delves into the stories of Jesus, not only from the scriptures, but the stories of Jesus that have been written in the lives of people who have committed their lives to him. In our last two episodes of this podcast, we've talked about the story of Jesus' encounter with Satan in the desert. Now, after his baptism, Jesus was led into the wilderness, the desert, if you will, for an encounter with the evil one. Jesus was victorious in the encounter. After 40 days of fasting, no food or water, Jesus was able, with the help of his Father Jehovah God and the Holy Spirit, to rebut the lures that Satan presented to him. We reviewed that in podcast 4-06. If you haven't heard it, I invite you to go back and listen. The last podcast episode that was four dash o seven focused on the parallels between this encounter in the desert and the time that the people of Israel spent in the desert after they escaped the slavery In Egypt, and in those parallels, there were lessons for you and me, lessons about trusting in Jehovah God for our daily provision, for being patient in waiting for that provision, for remaining loyal to the Father, Jehovah God, who wants the best for you because of his love for you. Now, while those lessons are important, we must also remember that these lessons come out of a conflict with someone in the desert who doesn't want what is best for us, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but I must detour. I must detour first to remind you that this podcast comes about because of your support, both in prayer and from your pocketbook. And if you're not supporting us, well, I want to ask for you to do just that. Whether you can make one-time or regular donation or just pray for us, you can find out how to join those who do support us by visiting our website. That's JesusStories.info. JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab in the menu. On the same website, you can click on talk to us and tell us your Jesus stories or make a comment about the podcast. Again, that website is jesusstories.info.
1: Precious,
0: that ever was now let's go back to our lesson. As I said, the conflict that Jesus had with Satan in the desert is with an enemy who cares nothing about our welfare. The apostle Peter told his readers, he said, stay alert watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and to be strong in your faith. Now, if you've gone through the first season of Jesus stories, you might remember all the times in which Jesus encountered evil spirits or demons and threw them out of people. It was Satan who entered Judas to betray Jesus to the authorities, an act which ultimately led to the crucifixion of the Son of God. And if you read on in the Scriptures to the story of the first churches, you find Satan active in opposing the establishment of Christianity. So Satan is a very real enemy to those who follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul reminded the church in Ephesus, and he reminds you and me, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And then he goes on For that fight, we must be prepared with the armor of God. However, for us in the civilized West, We don't really seem to want to admit that there is an enemy to Jesus who is active, real, and attacking Jesus' followers, as well as those who are not Jesus' followers. Now, I'm hoping that today's podcast, I'm praying that today's podcast will change your belief about this. Recently, I called an exterminator to my house. Dennis responded to my call. And while he was treating my house, he came into my studio, and I told him that this is where I produce Jesus stories. He looked at me, and he said, I have a Jesus story, too. And over the next several minutes, he told me some of his story. It's a remarkable story, which will confirm the scriptural warnings, which I've just read to you. Dennis agreed to come back to my studio to tell his story. But before I play the interview for you, let me warn you. For the first time ever, Jesus Stories is airing a PG-rated podcast episode. If there are little ears around, you might want to send them away so you can listen without their being frightened. And while you hear about demons and more, know that Dennis has turned around. He's been turned around by the Holy Spirit of God, by Jesus himself, and he is now a follower of Jesus. It is my rare privilege to share this story with you. We're going to share the first part of this story today on this episode. We'll share the rest of it later. I'll tell you more about that on the other side of the interview, but let's get to the interview. Here it is. Dennis and I our new acquaintances, Dennis is a Jesus follower, but he has a story that is absolutely fascinating. And I think it is worthwhile sharing. You know, one of the things about this podcast, Dennis, is the plain and simple fact is that it reaches all over the world. About uh, almost half of my listeners are international Okay, a number of them in third world countries. So God's word never comes back void, but the cool thing is that God's word manifests itself in different ways, in different places, and at different times to different people. Your story is so unique. I wanted to to bring it to my listeners, and I appreciate you taking yeah, time. I'm glad with to me be here. Today. All right. So I want to start with your own religious upbringing. How was that? What was that?
1: Yeah, so as a child, I was born into a family that attended church. My, my parents were members of a Lutheran church in western Wisconsin. I grew up there, and I was baptized as a child. Um, I had no say in the matter. I was just baptized and as an infant, as many people were. I grew up in that, in that church. I, I have very few memories of that church since I was a very young child at the time. So both of my parents worked for the airlines at the time and 9-11 happened when I was very young and that changed things for the airlines. My father's, the company he worked for was sold out. They, they closed their doors and he was offered a job with another company for a significant pay cut. And he said, we're not doing that. And so we moved to another area of Wisconsin. And when we did that, we switched to the Methodist church. As a young child, I really enjoyed going to church. I liked I liked the people, I liked the pastor. I went to church camps as a child, and I wanted to be a preacher when I was a kid. I, I don't I wouldn't say I really had too much of a personal relationship with Jesus. I loved the church, but I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. I had a kind of a fear. I always had a fear that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't doing good. It was works-based. It was works-based. I didn't know him as savior. I had a faith in him, but it, it wasn't what it is today. Let's just say that.
0: Okay. Now you moved into some drug use and such in your teen years. Yes. What led to that?
1: So when I was a part of this church, I really enjoyed it. But around, around, the time I would have been confirmed into the church and learned the church doctrines and and whatnot. I, I went to public school and I associated with people who were not the greatest at that time. And I also was at that time learning about the world's view on where we came from. I was learning about evolution and the Big Bang and scientific theories and things of that nature. And it put a lot of doubt in me. So there were a lot of things going on at that time in my life. I was hanging out with with kids that would they would drink alcohol and they would smoke cigarettes they would smoke some marijuana and I began hanging out with these people and one thing led to another and I was indulging with them and it got worse and worse throughout my young teenage years and even into my early adulthood. It it spiraled out of control and i i met worse and worse people and i got more and more into that scene and into the crime of that scene and it was my life it was my god i i served the the drugs with my whole heart i gave everything to doing it it was from the time i woke up until the time i went to bed it was pretty much the only thing that was on my mind for the most part
0: gotcha i think you indicated to me at one time you were even dealing
1: Yes, I was selling drugs. Mm -hmm. I was manufacturing drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had a lot of money tied up into it. It was my life. I, I actually, at a certain point, even wanted to become a shaman of sorts where I would get... There's religious exemptions if you join certain churches and Native American religions in this country where you can do it legally and get paid to do it. And I I wanted it to be my life. It was, I was that involved in it.
0: But it then went further. Can you really say that you had a belief in this time in Jesus or God?
1: So at this time, I really didn't. I would have called myself either an atheist or an agnostic at the time. Okay. I actually had some people in my life who were into occult activities they were a wiccan and they they were into paganism they they served deities that were not jesus and i didn't really know what to think of their practices mm. i was i considered myself to be an open-minded person i was actually quite proud of the fact that i called myself an open-minded person and i explored many different thought forms, many different religious philosophies. I looked into Buddhism, Taoism, Taoism. I I didn't get too much into Hinduism. But I I moved away from the Abrahamic faiths. I thought that the people involved in Abrahamic faiths were very closed-minded.
0: By Abrahamic faiths, you mean talking about Judaism and Christianity, even Islam? Mm -hmm. Let me interrupt you one second. A lot of the atheists that I know basically eschew anything that has to do with the supernatural. But you weren't in that camp, were you?
1: I wasn't completely in the camp of throwing the supernatural out the window completely. All right. I had some some supernatural experiences. Even as a young child I had supernatural experiences.
0: So the supernatural was something that you were willing not only to accept but you took it you took it a step further. Go yes,
1: on. yes. I got into the supernatural. I played with Ouija boards. I actually created them. I would I would create Ouija boards and when I was done I do, I did the thing that I thought would make it safe. I would tell the spirits goodbye and I would tear up the Ouija board and throw it away. Really? Yep. I would make dowsing rods which are they're metal rods that you hold in both hands and you try to talk to spirits with them and the rods will be moved by an invisible force that almost feels like magnetic. I I would try to do energy work of sorts. I would try to make energy balls in my hands and kind, kind of like I would say cast spells, but it, it wasn't that advanced of of uh, magic that I was into. I would try to do meditations and and other things also. And uh, yeah, I dabbled in it. And and there was actually a scary amount of success there were some creepy experiences i had doing that but uh-huh. that's not what brought me to jesus
0: i want to emphasize something here this is something you voluntarily were going into and exploring yes and wanting to know more and wanting to delve into more yes uh, it wasn't anything that was being forced on you or anything like that you were eagerly looking for this
1: yeah i was eagerly looking for it i i thought it was highly fascinating stuff i would read testimonies of people who had supernatural experiences i would watch television shows of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators and i would go on youtube and look at footage of these things and i would i would take my cameras and and try to take photos of supernatural things that would be around me and stuff of that nature so yeah I, i was definitely looking into it and actively stepping into it.
0: Okay. So at, at some point, though, you have some issues.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I had some issues, to say the least. Yeah.
0: That was the nice way to put it. Yeah. So t- talk to me about those a little bit. What, what, what precipitated? What's going on?
1: So let's go to the time I'm about 18 years old. Uh-huh. I'm in high school. And one of my best friends and I, We would drive around in the country and partake in illicit acts and uh, we were driving around one day and we were we were doing our thing and it was middle of the day maybe three four o'clock broad daylight beautiful day and we come around a corner and in broad daylight we see five bright yellow orbs in the sky and Both of us at the same time looked at each other and said, what are we seeing right now? And we we turned our attention back to these things and before our eyes, they vanished in broad daylight. They just disappeared. And this sparked a curiosity in me about UFOs in particular and aliens. And I got very... Interested in this I I spent hours and hours at that point in my life reading about aliens reading about UFOs looking up footage of UFOs that people had seen and and learning about this this subject matter and I was a believer in aliens I, I, I definitely thought that they were here and visiting us and things of that nature this fascination carried on for a bit but I sort of moved away from that interest for several years. As I got older and I was, I was into these, these drugs, I was doing drugs that were mind-altering. And I hadn't really thought about the aliens for quite a while, but I was doing mind-altering drugs and drugs that would cause you to see things in a different light.
0: No, what do you mean a different light? I mean, what's...
1: It's very hard to explain. Okay. Um, it would be easier to, if I could like show you a picture, but um, I can't do that very well. I'm not an artist, so, but they they cause you to see things around you and hear things and feel sensations that you normally wouldn't. And people, people who are into the occult and new age spiritual practices and, and even these substances, believe that they open you up to the spiritual realm and that they allow you to interact with things around you that you wouldn't necessarily see in a sober state okay so i'm doing these substances Mm -hmm. and i start having experiences with them that i've never had before the main reason at the time that i was doing the substances in retrospect, I look back on it, and it was almost like I was looking for God. I wanted to... I was looking at myself and thinking about my place in the universe and how I relate to everything and everyone around me. Okay. And at that point in time, the point in time that I'm doing these substances, I I held a very kind of Eastern worldview. I, I believed that I was the universe experiencing itself in other words I basically said I'm God I'm everything I'm everyone that was my worldview so I'm doing these substances and I start having experiences that are outside of that realm I, I had an experience that was very profound to me and it changed the trajectory of my life and, and that experience was for lack of a better way to explain it I would say it was similar to an alien abduction except yeah. It wasn't scary to me at the time. Hmm. Most people who had alien abduction experiences were quite afraid of these entities. Okay. Whereas the experience I had seemed to be taking me deeper in this path of that I was on of quote unquote understanding myself and the world. These entities they were telling me that they created humanity, basically, and they put us here on Earth. I mean, as fast as the experience happened, it was over. It, it I mean, it lasted no more than a minute, but it was so profound to me that it, it took me immediately back to the experiences I had in the past and these things that I would, had been interested in. So did you buy into this? Yeah, I did. I did buy into it. And the reason I bought into it was, so I I started reading these testimonies again of people who were interacting with, with extraterrestrial entities, and there was a very common theme among these people, and they would say, these these entities are already here, they're working towards showing the world their existence, but they need to... You know, they need spokespeople here on Earth, basically, to, to talk about their existence and what their agenda is. And their agenda is to show the world that basically they created us. And there were people that were doing what was called CE5 meditations. CE stands for Close Encounters, and it's Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And the, the first four types of alien encounters that people would have were Visuals, or maybe they'd be a taken on a craft or an entity would leave some kind of physical thing like a crop circle on the ground or something the c e five is where rather than these entities engaging you, you would engage them through meditation and basically you would meditate and you would pray and try to talk to these entities through. Your prayer and through your mind and and these people that are doing these things have i mean there's countless testimonies that these people talk where they're having these entities appear to them and they have photographic and and video evidence of these things appearing to them and and i really started buying into this and and i was i was trying to do these practices yeah so i i definitely bought into
0: it what about this scared you what Frightened you?
1: I, I was doing these CE5 meditations. The first time I tried it, I was actually working. I was working in a factory at the time, I was working at a paper mill and I had a lot of downtime. My, my machine would start running and I would have hours of downtime if the machine never broke. And so I was sitting at work and I was trying to do these meditations and, and I was doing them without the assistance of any uh, mind altering substances and they were working to some degree in the factory i was sitting there meditating and i was i was seeing what looked to be like people walking out of the background of out of walls and out of machinery and i was seeing faces materialize on on things and stuff like this so i was like wow there's there's some legitimacy to this practice like this is really working and i said to myself i want to try this with drugs because they open you up more to that realm i went and got my my uh substances and i sat in my car and i i tried doing this and i had one of these i had several entities appear to me and the first couple appeared and disappeared rather quickly but they didn't look like aliens they looked like humans and i said where are the aliens they're the ones i want to talk to I basically invited these aliens to talk to me and and all of a sudden I had a an alien standing in front of me. And he looked like kinda of like a hologram. He didn't have a physical body. He he seemed to be made out of kind of made out of light. And he kind of projected out of the background like a movie projector. That's kind of how he walked out of out of the environment. He sort of materialized out of thin air so to speak he was standing there and and we started having a bit of a conversation and when i say a conversation what i mean is i was speaking to him in my words and i was also speaking in my thoughts and i could i could see it was very interesting it, it was like um almost like packages of light would leave his mind and they would come to my mind and I would perceive what he wanted me to perceive he didn't ever speak with physical words Mm -hmm. because he didn't have a body he couldn't make vibrations in the air so to speak but Mm -hmm. he was communicating with me and he kind of said to me I want to show you something and he kind of asked actually it was interesting he kind of asked my permission for him to show me things and I gave him permission and as soon as I did that he sent some things into my mind and I, I had such powerful visions when this happened I was taken all, I mean he was showing me like evolution and, and DNA and all of these very profound visions in in moments I mean in in just moments he was showing me these profound ideas what's interesting to me was i had up to this point i had no problem with this whole agenda Mm -hmm. but something changed in that instant let me ask you have you ever had the sensation where it feels you've just got a creepy sense and you're like i don't know why i feel creeped out right now and all the hair on your neck stands up
0: i've had that sensation yeah
1: Yeah. i'm sure a lot of the listeners have had that sensation i had that sensation so powerfully at that moment and it creeped me out and from my involvement in playing with Ouija boards and talking to spirits Mm -hmm. and listening to these voices talk about the occult I knew that when you when you wanted to stop a conversation with an entity with a spirit or whatever you want to call these things that you were supposed to be polite to them and ask them and just say politely I don't want to talk to you anymore please go that was the understanding i had from the occult okay and so i tried it and i said to this entity i i don't want to talk to you anymore can you please leave and he looked the the look on his face changed he looked in in an instant he went from having kind of a emotionless face Mm -hmm. to he looked really mad all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and he left he he just sort of, in the same way he appeared, he sort of just walked away and disappeared in front of me. And I said to myself, well, that was kind of weird. Um, I wonder if there's nicer aliens. <laughs> and so I want I still wanted to talk to the aliens after this. So I tried again. And I don't know if it was the same entity that appeared to me or one that looked just like him. But another one of these things appeared... And this one, immediately, I could tell that he wasn't mad at me, he was disgusted with my existence. He hated me with the very core of his being. And he appeared to me, and instantaneously, I had just these horrific, scary thoughts and visions populating my mind. And it was just one after another, after another, after another. and. I began I got scared and I began yelling at this thing I mean at the top of my lungs I'm screaming at this entity I'm saying get out of my face now I mean I said much much stronger, m- much stronger words than that to this mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and he did the opposite of that he stayed right there and just kept pummeling me with these thoughts and these visions and something happened in front of my eyes and i believe this is when the holy spirit grabbed me the first time this thing that looked like an alien looked like a typical alien you'd see in a movie you know gray oval shaped mm-hmm. head big eyes gray mm-hmm. it, right in front of my eyes this entity turned red and grew horns and in that moment i recognized i said that's a demon And i did the only thing that i could do i bowed my head folded my hands and i said god or jesus or whatever is good in this world please make this stop and this guy faded away
0: so i want to go back for just a second Mm -hmm. because you thought you were talking to extraterrestrial life
1: yep i thought i was talking to an alien but you weren't no you
0: were talking
1: to? I was talking to a demonic entity, a demon, an evil spirit. An evil spirit. Mm. And that's what scared you. That scared you the daylights realized, out of me.
0: When you really
1: realized
0: that this wasn't real, mm-hmm. your mind hadn't been opened.
1: Yeah. I realized I was being deceived. There you and, go. But in that, in that very moment that it happened, the only thought in my mind was, The only thing you can do if you have a demon is call out to God. That's the only thing I knew to do. Yeah. And I'm glad I did.
0: I'm glad you did, too. That's the first part of Dennis's story. There is more to come. There is more victory. And you'll get to hear about that. But in two weeks, it's going to be Christmas Day. So we're going to divert and tell the story of Christmas. This is the time of year when the world pauses to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and as we've done in the past, we will pause to tell the story of the birth of the Savior of the world. That will happen actually on Christmas Day this year. And after the 1st of January, we will continue with Dennis's Jesus story. I pray you'll join us for these episodes. So may you and your family and friends have a wonderful Christmas celebration. Join us on Christmas Day for the real story of Christmas, wherever you are, however you honor Jesus on this date. Merry Christmas. Tell me the story of Jesus Right on Story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard.